0: What's going on everyone? Welcome back to the half of this podcast. It's me, Joey, and I hope you had a great last week and weekend. And so, today, it's a a little bit of a a split in topics that we'll be talking about. And by split, there's going to be two things I mainly want to kind of like go over. And that kind of sounds weird. It kind of sounds like I'm a teacher. Like, oh, let's today we're going to be talking about two things, class, and uh, here's the topics today one is just shoes and running the other being something of an episode or well let me say this it's a topic where it was discussed in a podcast on the joe rogan experience say what you will say okay i'm not a meathead i am not a bro hey dude hey bro i mean we're listening to joe rogan experience my you know only bro in bible right out there But yeah no it's he i like his podcast because he brings on just a variety of guests even just a a slew of scientists and just intellectuals or uh, i won't say that uh experts in their own respective fields to which one of the episodes more recently uh was had a guest uh who i don't know why i'm having trouble saying it pretty much he had a guest the guest name was Andy Norman, who is a philosopher and professor who teaches humanism at the, or I think it was called, in Humanism Initiative, I believe, and he does this at Carnegie Mellon University. And so, pretty much, this guy, Andy Norman, he has this book called "The Mental Immunity: Infectious Ideas, Mind Parasites, and the Search for a Better Way to Think." Which I, you know, didn't remember that, and I read it from my phone. <laughs> so don't think that I'm impressive in remembering all this crap. Sorry, no disrespect to the other folks or the Andy Norman out there. I don't know what that was a weird way of me say it too, but yeah, no disrespect to Andy Norman. It's, it was such a, like a very like f- satisfying episode or podcast to listen to, and I'm not done yet uh, listening to it because I've been like savoring it. Like, I want to listen to this when I can actually listen to this. Because I don't know about you, but for me, there's some episodes or even podcasts out there where I'll just listen to uh, kind of like in the background, like background music, background noise in a sense. Especially when I'm driving, it kind of feels like someone else is in the room, man. You know, even in myself, like if I'm actually out there in real life in a social gathering and people are talking, I kind of just like to listen in, right? Just... I kind of feel like I'm a part of the conversation in a way where I can jump in if I want to and uh, contribute and partake. But for the most part, and I enjoy when other people are kind of really immersing in their own conversation. And then I get to kind of uh, peek in and listen as well, just as a maybe as an audience member or a spectator of some sort. But yeah, this episode with Andy Norman on the Joe Rogan Experience pretty much talks about immunity with your mind and just... And mostly talk about like civil dialogue and how dialogue is just totally like in need of being promoted and just practice more so uh, for everyone. And it's a it's a wonderful podcast. So much good information. And although this guy is a philosopher, don't get me wrong. In the beginning, I was like, this guy sounds <laughs> kind of nerdy, boring a little. It was like, oh, i just going to talk about the mind and, you know, how people think and uh, how people, you know, th- do this and this and that. And there's this kind of philosophy, this other philosophy, you know, whatever. But no, it was like, so it's like, I don't know how to explain. It. It's like one of those things that are, I guess, I guess seemingly intuitive and simple in it's like in how it's explained and presented and even like understood but yet it's so profound in how much depth there is in this topic of mental immunity where pretty much it's like you have an immune system for your mind where it can filter out and in a sense attack any kind of bad ideas but even good ideas or good information and bad information and it's there's other factors involved like with your own perspective there's other psychological Uh, variables as well one being called uh, confirmation biased i won't spoil the episode for you but that just made me think about something that's been brought up to in my life and been i've been told this before where my take on the world in a sense well not as broad as that it's very particular and i guess in certain situations where it's been told to me uh, regarding studying lab work and my own like Uh, job at the running shop where it seems like i'm quite the intense guy uh, but in a sense that i overwork myself to to like i guess to a fault in their eyes and but to me it's like no this is pretty normal to me like i feel fine so in that sense i kind of just want to talk about perspective and how even though you have a different perspective from my own perspective or from someone else's you can still talk about things. You can still understand things without judging people. Just if you bring it to the table, right, with one another, have a civil conversation uh, while respecting and listening, right? Listening, especially to one another, a lot can be learned from. A lot can be understood, right? Rather than us kind of like presuming, like, you know, how the other person thinks and perceives the world and whatnot. But I just wanted to talk about perspective. and how that can go in line with like actually understanding people and then how that can, you know, consequently or as a result, I would say lead to a happier life, you know, not one you know filled with anger, frustration, annoyance, and it's just anything negative in a sense. But yeah, that was like a long-winded way to say, yeah, I want to talk about perspective and how that ties into understanding others, no matter how irrational or bad they may seem. Uh, but before that, let's just talk about something a bit, not silly, but important for your health. So this is a PSA for getting the right shoes. Because, <laughs> like, to be honest, actually, it just dawned on me. Like, well, it hasn't dawned on me, but it it made me think about I should just talk about this more so because it's no one knows about this kind of stuff. And I'm talking about, like, good shoes and stuff for, like, feet health in a sense foot health feet health whatever the, you know the correct way of saying it because when i work with my customers at my running shop like i said majority of the customer base is older folks out there and even those who especially have medical problems so pretty much people with medical foot problems and old people as you know as maybe as real as that sounds like i already kind of touched base on that last week how saying the elderly you know it kind of like points out that they're old and you know we don't need to point that out really sorry for another burp I did that last week and I did it again actually I'm not sorry it's a natural thing for me to do For it happened no one else is in the room so well that's real with me because you're listening to this yeah I'm getting weird again I'm always gonna be wearing awkward so don't take it too hard let's just continue on so yeah when I work with my customers they really don't know anything about like getting a right shoe And I'm guilty of that as well before I started to work at my running shop. And even though I was a runner and it sounds weird for me to say an athlete before I started working at the running shop, I still didn't know like anything about running shoes. Because I'm like, the only running shoes, at least back in high school, that I knew of were Nikes. And I didn't know anything else really. The other brands that I think are more well known at least is New Balance and Brooks um and adidas i would say as well but like there's some other ones called like Saucony, hoka asics mizuno's i mean maybe other people knew about it but at least i don't i didn't know about it at all uh, but that even goes to say i don't know anything about like picking out a good running shoe let alone a good walking shoe so for example hey did you know you at least or at most want a thumbnail's worth of space in front of your toes. Do you know how you can tell if you have that much space or something close to it? Well, let me tell you, you have to kick back on the shoes on the heel, right? Just a little tap, tap, tap on the back for both your feet, then place your foot down and you want to do this standing up. If you can't, it's okay to be sitting down, just, you know, take note of that. And so when you kick back on the heels, quite hard, not too hard, but, you know, just a good sturdy or strong tap. Then you want to see how much space you have in front of your toes. So reach down to your toes, place your thumb perpendicular to your foot, right where the big toe is or whichever toe is the longer one. I know that second toe is the, the long one for some people. And then see, do you have a thumbnail's worth of space? If you do, that's awesome. That's the amount of space that's definitely ideal for running. And you definitely want that. Right. There's no if, you know, butts and whatever else is there is. There's no excuse. You need that thumbnail's worth of space for running, especially, um, especially if you're doing longer distance running, like, you know, three plus miles, especially for like half and full marathons. But if you have a little bit shorter of that, that's kind of okay because everyone's feet are different, right? Each foot can be a different length, different width and different uh, depth. Or in other words, the instep have different instep heights. But yeah, you always want a thumbnail's worth of space in front of your toes. And that goes to say for not just running, but also walking shoes. Now, there are some exceptions for that. One, or the only one, is you can have at least a half thumbnail's worth of space in front of your toes. And that's what my personal opinion and recommendation is for a good walking shoe. Again, if you're just walking a lot, using the shoe for everyday usage, you want at least a half a thumbnail's worth of space in front of your toes. That way, when your feet do slide forward, and it will slide forward, and that's why it's just, you know especially for running, you want that thumbnail's worth of space, your feet are gonna slide forward more so and will more likely do that. You don't want your toes to be jammed up in the front and hitting the front. Otherwise, if it happens all too often and to a severe or more of a severe degree, sorry, I said that a little weirdly, <laughs> a More to a more severe degree, uh, some A lot of times you can end up with bruised up toenails. They can fall off. And hey girl, no more pedicures for you or guy. You know, hey man, hey girl, hey boy, hey person. Yeah, no more pedicures, no more toesies, no more. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, your toes can fall off. Plus it's just not good for your feet health anyway. So that's one thing you want to look out for in a good walking and or running shoe. So again, you want thumbnails worth of space, especially for running. If it's just for walking or anything else really, uh, half a thumbnails worth of space is totally fine. Now, here's another thing you need to look out for. That's especially important because a lot of people have told me that they have to change up different aspects of or a different shoe size than what they normally wear or would like to wear because let's say the width of the toe box, like the front half of the shoe is too narrow or too wide. And that's regarding the width of the toe box, right? I just said it. So for athletic shoes or I'm not even too sure if other athletic shoes do this, but for running shoes at least uh, slash walking shoes. Oh, let me preface this as well. Running shoes for the majority of them, They can be used for walking indefinitely, most definitely. Like, even though they're running shoes, you know, quote unquote running shoes, you can still use them for walking. So just, yeah, don't worry about it. Anyways, you can always take care of the width by itself without changing up the shoe size. Sorry, another burp. (laughs) So what, what do I mean by that? Well, here's what I mean. If you, let's say, normally would like to wear a size 10, right? And let's say this is just a 10's men's, in this case, that would be a women's 11 and a half. Fun fact, if you're changing from a men's to a women's shoe size, you always want to go one and a half size up. And then inversely, the other way, from women's to men's is one and a half size down. But that's just a fun fact. Let's get back to it. So. Regarding the width, if you normally would want to wear a size 10, because let's say that is the perfect length, giving you that half or a full thumbnail's worth of space in front of your toes. But let's say with a size 10, you just find the width of the toe box of your shoe to be too narrow for whatever reason, because let's say you just have wide feet. Hey, you can actually get what's considered to be a wide shoe. Oh, wow. What? Really? Yes, really. <laughs> that was stupid again. <laughs> I'm having fun with this uh, by the way like at the same time uh, while being informational. But yeah, you can actually change up the width of the shoe from both a narrow perspective or width to a wider width. And there's uh, actual labels for that. So for a men's walking slash running shoe, the standard width which is a normal shoe in a sense is a size D for men's shoes. For women's, it's a size B. Now for a men's wide that's considered to be a men's 2E, and for a women, that would be a size D. And you can even go extra wide depending on the brand, and you can actually go narrow depending on the brand as well. But most often than not, each and every brand, for the most part, has a wide option. So you don't need to get a half size or even a full size larger than what you're more comfortably used to in order to get a wider toe box. That's a common thing a lot of people have told me when they, you know, when they're looking for a good walking shoe for the most part, and I tell them like, "Hey, we can actually take care of this by itself. We don't have to, you know, change up the shoe size. We can just get a different width, whether that be narrow or wide." But yeah, overall point being made is that you can get a wide or narrow option. But of course, it depends on the brand, but for the most part, a wide option is normally available like yeah it's like such a normal thing so another thing about that actually or another thing about a shoe you want to look out for is the structure now a lot of people have come in and again when i Whatever I say is going off of what customers or my customers who I've worked with have told me about their situation and what kind of shoes they're looking for relative to the shoes they've been wearing for either walking and or running. And that is, like I said just a second ago, the structure of the shoe. What do I mean by that? Well, it's the flexibility. Now people have told me they've worn uh, Nike shoes and some I don't know I don't, they don't know the model name of the shoe from Nike but I kind of have an idea what it is and it's a super flexible one like the free runs from Nike. Now those are one much lower in cushion I would even say objectively speaking it's a low cushion shoe but it's also definitely a super flexible shoe. Now There are super flexible lower cushion running shoes slash walking shoes out there that feel great. They usually feel more form fitted to your foot. In other words, they hug your foot better, or I don't wanna say better, but they just people like that hugging snug fit for a shoe. And the flexibility also feels nice. And it's great for walking, okay, feels great. (laughs) Let me clarify that. It feels great walking around and definitely for those speedier workouts out on the track or elsewhere during your runs but if you use those shoes every single day all the time 24 7 365 days out of the year your feet the muscles the ligaments the tendons in your feet the achilles the ankles all that jazz they're going to be really overworked you know why because the flexibility is going to allow your muscle tendons ligaments and such to really overwork itself because it has more range in motion to bend and flex and such so that's not good and a lot of times that can lead to problems like plantar fasciitis which is um real quick fun fact again there's a, something called a plantar fascia that runs underneath your foot like from a, like parallel in the middle in the sense and if you really like overwork the foot by kind of like bending forward and then back especially i think it's called like ankle flexion or Oh, I feel stupid now. I don't know the term. But it's pretty much like if you were to like extend your leg out and then kind of like try and like bend back your foot. Um, or I don't even know what I'm saying about that. Anyways, like the flexibility will irritate that, and then you can get what's called plantar fasciitis, which is quite the common injury. Another common injury is uh, Achilles tendonitis. So essentially, a tendonitis anyway. And what's that involving? or due to well overworking right too much stress too much impact but definitely too much overworked tendons for the most part now did i say that in a dumb way yes i did did i say that in an unintelligent way well most likely yes but i hope you get what i mean with that but again finding the right structure in the shoe is very important especially if you're going to use this for every day come on so there's two main ways, at least in my opinion, that are, or yeah, tests that you can implement on the shoe to test out the integrity or the structure slash flexibility of the shoe. One is doing an upwards twist uh, where you hold the shoe with both hands and then twist it upwards. If it has some flex um, where you have to really, in a sense, like push hard, but not too hard to like really twist it upwards, That's a good sign because it means it has some flexibility but still structured enough where it won't really overwork the muscles, tendons, joints, and all that stuff in your foot. The other test you can implement, which is also very important in my opinion for, you know, how much it will work out the plantar uh, plantar fascia. and of course other stuff in the foot is doing a bend at the toe box area. So you want to bend back the toe box, pretty much where your toes are, or, you know, part of the shoe where your toes are Bend them back and see how flexible that is. And most often than not a lot of like daily training shoes. If you know what that term means, pretty much it's a, a daily trainer, uh, for a running shoe slash walking shoe is a shoe you use every day and for any sort of like training, essentially pretty much it's good enough for any sort of training. Um, But they'll actually have a little bit more of a flexible toe box where if you bend it backwards, it will definitely bend back. Maybe not to a significant degree or maybe not with a whole lot of ease, but still can bend back. But that's just because it's for running purposes. Now, there are also shoes out there that have more inherent stability and structure where the toes will not bend back, or sorry, the toe box of the shoe won't bend back as easily you know, not, if, if anything, not at all. And if you do an upward twist, it won't really twist up. Now, if you find a stiff shoe like that, don't worry. That's okay. It just means that brand does shoes in a different way. A classic example, well, I don't want to know about classic, but a good example is called Hoka Shoes. Now, Hoka is a shoe brand, and their models, their shoes, they're all great supportive shoes. And actually, podiatrists, AKA foot doctors, they recommend Hoka shoes and in a sense, prescribe them to their patients if they have some sort of foot injury. And we get that all the time. If someone tells us, you know, they have plantar fasciitis, we immediately think, or I immediately think, but as well as my coworkers, hey, have you heard about the Hoka Bondi? Well, let me tell you. (laughs) Or if they have more neuroma, Achilles tendonitis, we'll always say, hey, have you heard about the Hoka Bondi? And usually the hokabane is what we always pull out because it's super high max cushion shoe. It's firm in the cushioning. So it'll definitely give the the benefit of the cushion to the injury and the situation itself. But yeah, it's a great shoe anyway. So even though, again, it's a stiff shoe, that doesn't mean it's like a brick on your foot and like wooden plank strapped onto your feet. It feels good anyway. It's, it's a great thing. But yes, again, that is what you want to look for regarding the structure in a shoe. Something not too stiff nor too flexible. So that's pretty much it. Um, well, I mean, no, let me not... I won't say that because <laughs> that'll be misleading. There's definitely other things and even we can get into the nuances of what you should be looking out in a shoe. Uh, another thing I'll just like briefly, but not quickly mention, is that if you've normally... Blech. I've been saying weird. Yeah. I don't know if I can talk today, but yes, if you normally wear a certain level of cushioning in the shoe, let's say you've always been wearing a high cushion shoe, right? Let's say you know that for yourself, but if you don't, the person at the shoe shop, if you go to a specialty shoe shop, they will tell you, Hey, this is a high cushion shoe. Okay, you know, they'll tell you about the shoe you've been wearing. You don't want to go immediately go into something like that's considered objectively as a lower cushion shoe. At least go with a or at most go with a uh, medium level cushion shoe. You know why? Because with a high cushion, that's been protecting your muscles, feet, joints and everything else in your legs and your feet for the most part during your runs and walks. So your feet has not experienced um to a, you know, relatively speaking, the amount of stress that your feet would have you know, otherwise experience with a lower or even medium level cushion shoe. So it's like your feet, in a sense, on a high cushion shoe is on the couch, being couch potato. And then when you're uh, jumping right into a low cushion shoe, relatively speaking, right, it's like pushing your feet off the edge <laughs> of a cliff and then forcing them to run like you know a full marathon and having them run for their lives. They're going to get injured. They're not prepared. You just don't want to do that to your feet. You want to ease into a lower cushion shoe if you're going to think about doing that for every single day or that being your main shoe, especially for running. Again, anything I actually say regarding finding the right shoe, this is especially true if you're going to find a running shoe. For walking, there's, of course, some leeway, some exceptions, some... You know, just some, not all too much of a consideration and concern, but especially for running, but definitely also walking as well. You want want to pay attention to these sort of things. And it's not something people know too much about. But yeah, it's just, I feel like I could go on and on and on. Well, no, there's, stupid of me to say that. Of course, there's an end to this, right? Even I don't know everything about shoes, but I'll say this. I do know a heck of a lot of different brands of shoes. Like their fit, the type of shoe it is, you know, even the models within each brand of shoes. I know, I don't know how. Didn't you? That's, that's amazing. You know how like if you're a STEM major, if you're taking like some kind of like uh, macular or like molecular biology class or something like that, where you have to like memorize like just a huge list of proteins or like amino acids, You have to, or if you took like a metabolics class, you have to like seriously and earnestly memorize uh, glycolysis, the TCA cycle, and like other like metabolic cycles and pathways as well. Well, I feel like in some level, like I have to know everything, not everything, but like so many of the more important variables in a shoe regarding each and every brand and model of shoe we sell and have. And even ones we don't have because people have brought up other kinds of shoes that we don't carry in the shop i work at Uh, but still it's good to know so that you know i know what they're talking about and if they're looking for a shoe similar to that shoe that we don't carry hey at least i can you know point them in the right direction to what we have but yeah it's like i have to know one like the type of shoe the level of structure the shoe has the amount of cushion the shoe has if it's a neutral versus what's considered to be a stability shoe, if it has good art support, which in this case, no shoe has good art support because the insoles that come in the shoe do not have art support. So, sorry to break it to you. That's another, like, actually misconception a lot of people believe in, at least, you know, with the customers that come into the rent shop I work at. Uh, I have to know about you know what people most commonly buy the shoe for I have to know what kind of technology as stupid and dumb as that sounds that the brand themselves put into the shoe like oh this the technology in the fo- in the cushion right here is called P- you know power run pb and the super bouncy springy super lightweight whatever or this other one's called fresh foam this other one's called fly foam uh nova blast whatever wow I have to know all that stuff like all and that's actually going to the nuances about you know what how each brand like specifically makes a shoe and what sort of like peculiar i guess uh, traits and components and aspects of the shoe that makes them well peculiar right and unique relative to other brands so it's so much to know but it's i don't know it's just like so fun it's so fun to know this concept kind of like i'm well i don't want to say fun it's like oh like i'm always looking forward to like learning about shoots but it's like i'm so just like always 100 for the most part willing to and don't mind it at all like i actually more inclined to learn more about them than let's say memorize my <laughs> my <laughs> amino acids or metabolic pathways for some biology class or something of the like no it's and again actually this kind of ties into last week when i was talking about my running shop gig where me like before or like when i was applying for this job and i got in a sense like i pretty much got the position and was interviewed for it i was like really like doubt or what? what's the right way to say it like i was just uh i don't know what i'm, I'm kind of blanking out for some reason i was just like not sure if i wanted to go through with it because i was like oh, this is not related to my career path of like research and science so like i don't know if i want to commit to myself to like a running shop a running shop why would i do that i'm just trying to look for money but do i really want to work at a running shop well hey i found out that this is something like i thoroughly and genuinely enjoy so again like this just goes to show that this is a career path or not, you know, not the running shop gig itself, but maybe who knows, like some aspect of it at least um, is something that I may and will definitely want to try to work into and include into my career path as well. But yeah, there's so much you can go into shoes and so much to talk about like how to, like what to recommend for the most part. Yeah, I mean, honestly, (laughs) I could just go through like how, or like in the episode, I could go through like how I would talk to my customers about finding the right shoe for them that not only best fit their feet but also accommodates for their needs and wants. Uh, yeah, it's there's just so much to know. But yeah, I mean, also about you know why I said today, don't just listen to me. I'll say this, especially if you have a, like some kind of injury, don't depend on me as being your only like resource go to a medical doctor go to a podiatrist especially go to a physical or i'll say this i just recommend going to a podiatrist and or a physical therapist of some sort like just or a doctor anyway just don't go to youtube or anything like that because it's like going to WebMD to see like oh i have a lump is this cancer um i don't know huh i think i got cancer doc no it's just I don't know your tissue. It's just your pec. It's just your abs. Whatever it is, right? Oh, that's just your nipple. That's the bump you're feeling. <laughs> Which would be stupid if anyone thought the bump because of their nipple, or that is their nipple, is malignant or a tumor. But that's stupid to think about. Anyways, yeah, go to a doctor if you have some kind of like foot injury, leg injury, or something like that. Don't go to YouTube, me, or anything. Just use us as a as a guide, as a reference in a sense. Uh, That's just one of many resources, but definitely go to a doctor. Yeah, that was kind of like the disclosure for this. (laughs) Yeah, but there's a lot to go into running shoes and walking shoes itself. But yeah, I'll I'll say this one more time. The things I mentioned that you should be looking out for in a good walking and running shoe. Just those are things you got to look out for. And even if you go to the mall per se, like not a athletic shoe shop. Ask the people there who work there. They should know about the shit they carry. If I go to Macy's and I'm looking for a good, comfortable shoe, but that's also good for like special occasions, not necessarily a dress shoe, but maybe something close to that. I'll ask them, hey, you know, I'm looking for a shoe that's supportive, that has the cushioning perhaps, and my feet are wide. So I want you to tell me what brands are wide and do any of the shoes you carry come in a wide option? You should be able to do that because if you know your feet and then what fits best and feels best for your feet, they should know the shit they carry that will best accommodate for that. If not, like I mentioned last week on that episode, they are, well, again, I don't want to judge them, but they should do their job better. And that leads us into... The next topic, (laughs) perspective and understanding people. So the reason why I say I'm not trying to judge them is because I understand if they're just like working at some kind of like huge like retail shop where let's say is Macy's. Macy's is not like a well, I mean, I'm sure, you know, but if you don't know what Macy's is, it's just like huge like retail clothing shop, I guess apparel shop. that also sells shoes, excuse me, mumbling and slurring yeah, they just sell a bunch of like brands like Calvin Klein, and that's the only one I know of, can think of at the top of my head. But yeah, they just sell a bunch of like different brands and their products at some discounted price. So it kind of makes sense if they don't know too much about the brand themselves, because all they're, from what I imagine, um, all they're like responsible for is just to restock items and to point customers in the general direction of, you know, certain types of clothes like yeah that's the sports section yeah that's the dress section yeah that's the more of a uh special occasion section like you know more of a you know a shirt collar or collar shirt whatever yeah you get what i mean right fancy clothing section i was just i was trying to use a more uh, intellectual word and in terminology here but you know i'll just say you know fancy clothes section but yeah they should at least know where things are at right and I understand that. So I don't really like expect them to know about, you know, the brands themselves. Like, yeah, if you're looking for, like, let's say a wide shoe and like if you have a wide foot, well, I know all the shoes in our store. So let me point you in the, direct, or in the right direction. i was going to say the right, but I'm trying to say like, I'm trying to say right direction. Dude, I'm just slurring up my words today. And I need work on that. I'm so sorry. Let me actually just grab a drink real quick because my mouth is getting a little dry. Well, let's continue. So, yeah. I don't expect them to do what I do and know what I know, uh, but in their own respective field. That being retail clothes. I don't even know what to call it. Like, discounted clothing, but that kind of makes Macy's sound cheap, but they are fairly cheap. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that, but... That's why I'm not really that judgmental. Although it may sound like I am being that because my, I understand their perspective on their job, right? Like I said, they sell a shit ton of brands and so many clothes and there it's just a huge store and I can understand from their uh, perspective that people are just wanting to come in, look at what looks good and people are just, you know, for fashion wear at least, or to look good, uh, regarding like apparel, people are just going to go mostly off of looks and the fit. Right? I mean, they don't really care if it's not the best thing for them. Like if they, let's say, get super narrow pointed shoes and, but they're like, Oh yeah, this looks good on my feet. And this looks good on the clothes I'm wearing. I'm going to buy it today. But let's say, you know, realistically and objectively speaking, it's way too fucking narrow for their feet, but Hey, who cares if they like it, then they'll buy it and that's the perspective that I presume that these retail associates have. But again, I don't know, I'm just like speculating here and my perspective um, if I were to be a retail associate at Macy's is that I would actually want to know about the products we sell more so like, hey, actually, generally speaking, if you're looking for more of a slim fitting or form fitted like clothing apparel, let's say I'm working in a men's section, I can um, direct them to the right direction. And say like hey this brand actually is more known to have this kind of fit to them and that brand actually has a bit more of a looser fit to them and this brand has a mix of the two or this brand has this you know peculiar aspect to them i like i would at least want to know the some i don't want to say foundational because it seems like you know that's implying that these retail associates should know the foundations of or uh, foundational aspects of different brands with let's say a shirt, pants, jeans, collar shirts, or whatever. But that's what I would do because I would feel better in that I am actually helping out customers. I'm not just there to make sure people are okay and to direct people in the right direction in the sense of like, oh yeah, this is where collar shirts are located, just go there, bye. If you wanna try something on, there's fitting rooms, bye. I don't want to just do that. But with perspective, it's easy just to like really be swallowed up in how you perceive things. And that's and of course situational based and by the individual. And there's other circumstances involved as well. I'm not saying any of this like as being like straightforward and something that's very intuitive and simple. Like, yeah, like, you know, It's very easy to be swallowed up in your own perspective. So all you got to do is just like really think about and consider another person's perspective and then put yourself in their shoes, in their world, in their eyes. Now, I know it's not as simple as that. I'm just saying that it's easy to, (laughs) I guess I'm trying to say that in the way, but I don't mean it to be like a simple, straightforward like method to like, you know, have more civil discussions with other people and respect other people and become a better listener. I'm just saying this because I feel like a lot of people just think they understand other people and then they'll still say like, yeah, I'm still right. But that's where listening comes into play. And I really feel like with that, people need to be humble with themselves and not really think that they're always right. Because like I said... They can be really swallowed up by their own perspectives, ideals, and beliefs and way of things. And this is where earlier, like in the beginning of the episode, I mentioned a term, I think it's a psychological term called confirmation bias. And that's where pretty much if uh, let's say you have a set of ideals, um, let's say like the earth is flat, right? You think like wholeheartedly, scientifically, objectively speaking that the earth is flat. And let's say god comes down and actually i'm kind of paraphrasing and using somewhat of a loose example um, mentioned in the podcast episode on joe rogan's um with andy norman uh he used an example but i'm losing uh, sorry i can't speak again Uh, i'm using a loosely uh related example like just very similar to what he used anyways but yeah like let's say god came down to that person and said hey jack you know actually the earth is not Flat. It's actually perfectly round, and every other planet like Earth and everything else is round as well. So there's no such thing as a flat Earth. And then let's say Jack says, oh, okay, huh. Well, I guess this conspiracy goes higher than God, (laughs) right? So Jack still believes that the Earth is flat and that this conspiracy, you know, people telling these lies that, ooh, the, the Earth is round and people are just lying to you for whatever reason that you know it's above God too (laughs) which is, is so absurd but that's to really drive the point home and to make it obvious that people if they really believe in something they'll have a bias towards information that will in a sense will really actually objectively let's say disprove that belief or that way of looking at something like if the earth is flat and so that's a bias towards the you know trying to confirm their ideals and just with confirmation in of itself, so people are like that in so many like areas, um, politically, culturally, religiously. Like there's, and I'm not saying everyone is like that, but I'm saying like when you see in the news about, uh, let's say people like these, <laughs> say these people. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> like let's say like a uh, radical leftist okay i'll just say that right i'm not saying all leftists i'm just saying those who are radical who i don't you know i don't know if, who you are you know how radical you are in your ways but maybe you are one but maybe you're not maybe i'm just talking about some imaginary person who just happens to be considered to be a radical leftist they are just gonna just disregard anything that goes against their ways or their like uh, their ideals and their beliefs and such right because they think they are objectively right i mean like you see it on the news you see with these like seemingly crazy people out on the news and it's like just I mean, we can say like just simple terms like, yeah, they're just being dumb. They're stupid, blah, 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 blah. But no, don't say that even. Like even though these people are, let's say, being quote unquote dumb and not being so, in a sense, intelligent, think of it another way. They are actually smart, intelligent people. They just happen to apply and express their intelligence, their creative thinking, in a different field slash perspective, a different way, in a different belief system, or just another situation in and of itself. And so you're doing the same thing, but in your own unique situation uh, and your own unique circumstances. Maybe it's general, but also unique as well, because of course, it's all individual based. So uh perfect example, you know, Democrats versus, or I don't want to say versus because that's stupid because there's no, it's dumb to like pit to parties and organizations or entities against each other it's just that democrats will just (laughs) disregard republicans and their method of things and then the same thing on the other side where why not just understand each other why not just like talk it out civilly right listen to one another and come to a compromise right you gotta see that not your way like your way of things or your system of things the way you process things the democratic way in a sense it's not always going to be the right way depending on the problem maybe it will be of course depending on the problem but maybe it will also be for the republican side where a more republic or conservative method or process um, is needed to not only approach but to also resolve some kind of serious situation or maybe a mix of the two in certain aspects. Now I don't know politics, okay? Maybe I'm just being super um, <laughs> dumb, as you know, with my dumb, you know, big brain, you know, words using, you know, at play right here. But that's just how I think about things, and that's what kind of what I think about regarding perspective, like understand each other's perspective. But then even at that point, you can't have a filter where if something goes against your ways, your beliefs, your opinions, you can't just disregard it, okay? You have to seriously consider it. If it helps, play devil's advocate, which is the saying where you're, you'll, in a sense, be on the other side of your own opinions and beliefs, right? Play the other side. Like, you know, think the way uh, the other side thinks, do the things, or kind of like play it out in your head pretty much, Right? in a sense it's like putting yourself in another person's shoes. But yeah, just perspective is such a huge theme, but then like also like understanding and actually listening, not like without having that filter. And this actually goes with the mental or mind immunity that Andy Norman and the Joe Rogan podcast like talks about where if I were to hear something that goes against my beliefs and opinions, my mind's immune system like in a sense, it's my T-cell or phone call T-cells for my mind immunity will attack anything that goes against it. But in this case, that thing that my immunity will attack may be bad, right? Just crap information that's just stupid. Like let's say if I know that if I say the earth is round and I believe that and then some seemingly logical but, you know, still stupid and like just irrational lines of thinking that states the earth is flat comes my way like my mind's immunity will like just attack it and just like throw it out you're right just i don't need to know that it's not going to affect me it's not going to change my mind but then it can also do the same thing for good information but you know using that same example but conversely where the flat earther will receive information regarding that the round or sorry that the earth is round but yet you know, their minds and immunity will attack that and throw that out, which is in a sense, not, it's okay. Right. I'm not, it's again, I'm not judging anyone in that regards, but it's just not correct. Right. We need to be really, uh, more well-rounded in how we think and perceive things, especially when it comes to information that differs from our own perspective and ways of thinking our opinions and beliefs and whatever. I feel like I'm I'm definitely saying those terms a lot. Beliefs, lines of thinking, opinions, blah, 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 blah. Sorry if it sounds like I'm just mumbling along. It's just me, again, like I actually mentioned in the first episode of season two, which is episode 18, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I think 18. I don't even know my episode numbers anymore. But yeah, I just mentioned this is a topic that I'm exploring right now. And although I'm saying some things that I currently believe in and like explicitly know that I feel strongly about, it may change because again, I'm just exploring things, right? If someone or new information comes my way and I actually think about it thoroughly and hopefully I think about it fairly and, you know, playing devil advocates, just really think about it in a whole different ways, not filtering out as if it's something that's like junk and stupid to me. Maybe I'll change my mind about something. You know, maybe the earth is actually fat. Maybe we're all wrong. <laughs> Maybe it's a huge conspiracy that the Earth is round. <laughs> Who knows, right? Who knows. But yeah, you get. I hope you get what I mean. By the way, I'm not flat Earth. I'm being. I'm just joking. Okay, I'm just joking. You know, no, no hard feelings. But yeah, it's just. I also wanted to talk about this. I guess seemingly briefly, because, you know, this episode was not entirely dedicated to perspective and the how can how that can tie into, like, understanding others and the importance of that. Like, it's just because people have told me that I'm an intense person at work or with my studies. Like, and when I say intense, it's not that I'm an angry person. I'm not stern. I'm not uptight. I'm not like, a, you know, some stuck up bitch or anything like that. No, it's just that, like, I work. When I work, I work hard, and I will do a lot of it. And when I'm studying, I will study my ass off. When I'm in lab, I'm not doing those, you know, on average, ten to maybe even 15 hours a week that, you know, undergraduates will actually spend time in the lab. 15 hours is actually pushing it, I believe, for a lot of people. But I will spend 20 hours in the lab. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less, but definitely pushing it. But you know why? I just feel like that's normal. That's the expected, like in a sense, standard uh, that I put on myself at least. And it's also me thinking like, oh, this is what my PI would want or would like for me to do. Like, yeah, I know there's like maybe a minimum expectation, but I want to exceed it. Like me personally, I don't feel like it's overworking myself. I don't feel overworked. I don't. It's not, I'm not really stressed out. I feel like it's normal again for me to uh, work the amount I do and to do it at the intensity I do it at now. That's just normal for me, a good analogy. If you don't understand that is with running, if let's say for three miles, let's say, you know, if we're, everyone's doing a three mile, not race, but just a run. Anyway, let's say I run that three miles in 15 minutes, not saying I've ever done that, uh, but yeah, just, let's just say I ran a 15 minute, three mile or 5k in a sense. And let's say other people actually ran it in like 21 or 30 minutes. So even double the amount of time I spent running those 5Ks um, relative to someone else. And that could be insane to a lot of people. And they're like, you know, those who ran a, you know, 5K 21 plus minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Maybe they say to me like, Joey, dude, why are you pushing it so hard? Like 15 minutes, holy shit, you're fast. But like, you're just really going so hard at it. But to me, it's like, hey, well, actually, yeah, my heart rate was a bit high, but I feel pretty good. Like, I'm not really feel like I was pushing myself. But then let's say everyone else is still saying like, "Joe, like you're pushing yourself hard. Like, you're running really fast. And yeah, relative to them, because that's their perspective in their eyes. Right. And of course, there's relativity at play. They are just perceiving my pace that 15, um, sorry, 15 minutes, uh, 5k time as being super fast and me pushing it hard. But again, that's from their perspective, that's relative to their own times. But relative to myself, I know for sure that, hey, maybe I was just, it's kinda pushing it, but not really, like I honestly felt fine, like maybe I could've gone 14 minutes if I was actually pushing it, right? Which is incredibly fast, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's its not anything that we should like judge each each other off of, right? Because the other people have to understand that that's just normal for me and that even from my end 21 minutes 30 minutes although that actually you know if I'm being truthful that does seem like hella slow to me like 21 minutes well actually I'll say this let's just be more like uh, exaggerated with the um, the comparisons uh, and or with an example I think 30 minutes for 5k which is 3.1 miles about is so slow because sometimes i do think like wow like are they actually running at that point like 5k in 31 minutes or 30 minutes but that's me being super judgmental and rude and just stupid like i'm just being a dumb fuck at that point but again that's just based off of my own perspective it doesn't mean shit. all right it just means i have my own way of doing things you have your own way of doing things you see things differently from me I see differently from you. <laughs> yeah, I was getting a little confused with that. And we're all unique people. And we're all beautiful people. All right? And that's to say, we shouldn't judge anyone who's different. Whether that be the color of our skin, our religious beliefs. Because I do have a Christian friend who I, I feel like I've gotten berated by her. But no, like, she's questioned me before. And I told her before, like, the, some of the stuff she asked me about and talks to me about... I, I told her, like, hey, if you do this to anyone else, they would definitely see it as you attacking them. And it definitely does feel like I'm being attacked, like me personally. But, like, I'm totally okay because you know why? Because I understand her. I understand she's not coming from a place of ill intent. Um, Actually, another example. Same thing with the customer story um, that I told about last week uh, about the older gentleman who pinched a girl and all that shit and called me Oriental Asian or whatever. Not, you know... Th- not as like an insult, but hey, that's me understanding. I knew he wasn't saying it as an insult. I knew he's not inherently or, you know, objectively, or, or I guess that's the wrong way to say it. Like, I just know he's not a bad guy. He's not a horrible, evil guy, right? He's not like too much of a bad guy. He's just maybe inconsiderate um, relative to this day and age. But hey, again, that's relative to this day and age. And maybe, and back then, of course, what he did with that girl when he, he said he pinched at the food court or whatever he was that's of course bad no matter the time period in my opinion like it's no it's like overall everyone has their own right doesn't matter if they're female male or they identify themselves as something else everyone has their own right all right and that's something so stupid for me to say because it's such an obvious thing in my eyes but yeah like i but again i understand that he comes from a different um yeah, uh I guess like, he grew up differently from me and like majority of other people my age. And, you know, for the most part, like a lot of people anyway. But Yeah, just got to understand other people. And just with that understanding, express yourself appropriately, right? And respectfully as well to the other person and address it again appropriately, respectfully. Okay, just yeah, that's it. and that's the end of the podcast (laughs) yeah again actually I'll say this too like before I recorded I was like seriously thinking or or I'll even go before that I don't even know what I was going to talk about today because again I was like thinking oh it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month and I did find out that was the more or that is the (laughs) name of this month which I feel stupid for not really knowing but I kind of knew it but I just yeah, I didn't know about the heritage part in the name. But yeah, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Maybe there's no and in there, right? Who knows? I'm just being more anecdotal about myself and, you know, judgy with myself. But yeah, it's... I felt like I had to talk about that. <laughs> but hey, good news. Just to give you a uh, a bit of a sneak peek into next week's episode. Or maybe... Well, who knows i mean maybe it'll happen maybe it'll not uh, maybe it'll be aired at some other point in time but i'm gonna have a guest on for the first time and i don't know i don't i feel like it's wrong for me to say guest because it feels like i'm putting myself above them but no no i don't need to think that way that's stupid for me to think they are my honorable esteemed guests and i'm putting myself below them i am their servant for the episode and i am there to help support them and to do whatever is needed but yeah so hopefully by next week's well no that's technically wrong to say by well yeah no (laughs) sorry i'm recording this on thursday which is the thursday um last week to the day you're listening to this too sorry that was a weird way for me to say it too that's kind of weird I'm just like recording this like like the Thursday preceding the Tuesday I upload this episode on. So like, yeah. And essentially, the by the time you're listening to this, the next episode, the following episode after this is going to have a guest, hopefully. And we'll be talking about the happy experience and the differences of that between our genders, our locations where we live, our... Oh, I forgot there was something else we talked about. But yeah, I mean, pretty much like our happy experiences, plurals, right? So yeah, hopefully you'll look forward to that. And that's me upholding my promise that I'll be talking about the happy experience nonetheless. But anyways, I think I've mumbled on and slurred all the words today. That's enough from me. I am... Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna I'm gonna go do some low aerobic exercise, not running, but exercise, because my Garmin watch has been telling me I need more low aerobic activities. So I'm gonna go do that. So, anyways, thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of the half of this podcast. If you'd like to support me, all you have to do is continue listening to this podcast and follow me on any podcast platform like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and other podcasts out there, such as Overcast. And if you'd like to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at my podcast email, which is halfofthispod at gmail.com, DM me on my podcast Instagram, which is the half of this, or you can go to the official Google Input form page, where with anything else, you can just drop by a hi, a question, or a topic for a future episode that you'd like me to delve into. And I'll have information for all the contact info down in the description below. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode and me mumbling on being awkward and stupid and all that jazz for the most part. But hey, I hope we're all having a good time nonetheless. Again, it's good to be back and I'll see you next week hopefully with a guest, about the happy experience. Until then, have a great rest of your week and see you then. Goodbye!